Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary, Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include the Fed's rate path, my interview with monitor bases William LeBaron on borrower retention and leveraging contacts to improve volume, and what Treasury yields are doing. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Loan Care. Loan Care has been successfully navigating clients and homeowners through market change for 40 years. The mortgage subservicer is known for delivering superior customer experience through personalization and convenience. Its award-winning portfolio management tool, Loan Care Analytics, was built to support MSR inventors with a focus on customer engagement, liquidity, and credit risk. Loan Care is part of Fidelity National Financial, Fortune 500 company and leading provider of services to real estate and mortgage industries. The opening of the week was met with a stagnant trading session as investors awaited key risk events and the FOMC rate decision next Wednesday. With the Fed entering the blackout period ahead of its May 2nd and 3rd meeting, investors will be scrutinizing quarterly corporate earnings and economic data from home price inflation today to the PCE and University of Michigan gauges on Friday as they search for clues on the Fed's next steps. Fed funds futures currently implies a better than 90% chance of a 25 basis point hike on May 3rd, but markets are still at odds with recent Fed chatter. Specifically, pricing continues to imply roughly 50 basis points of rate easing prior to year-end. The Fed's task is now to avoid over-tightening as, by design, the economy looks to be stalling and there's softening in the labor and housing markets. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show William LeBaron, VP of Business Development and Monitor Base, to talk about borrower retention and leveraging contacts to improve volume. He's been with the company since 2016 and manages the sales and marketing teams. What is borrower retention technology? You've been at this since 2007. So when someone says borrower retention or borrower retention technology, how would you explain that? Um, It's really about capturing the business that is available within your relationships. So in some cases, um, generally people consider that to be past customers, but the truth is, you know, you're probably having conversations with two or three people before you get one application and you might take one or two applications before you get one past customer. So there's a lot that happens in that sequence. There are a lot of people and it's capturing or coming up with a way to systematically capture the mortgage activity happening in that group of people. Um, because we generally, you know, underestimate how much is happening. And when it comes to getting lenders on board uh, with with products like Monitor Base, how do you go about that? What's the what's the ROI you convince them of, or, or what's the what really gets them to buy into to what your uh, mission is? So, I mean, ROI is pretty easy. The problem is if you actually tout ROI, most people don't believe it right out the gate. Um, so even though that is compelling, it's, it's kind of about building trust and demonstrating the problem first. And the problem ultimately is, um, I mean, I don't know, you've done, you've seen the the number, you know, average person moves every 10 years, right? Like 10 or 11 years duration of time in a home, right? Um, that statistic just implies that every year, 10% of people are moving. So, so work that math backwards. If you have a database of a thousand people that are customers and prospects and leads, a thousand people in your CRM, a hundred of them are going to move this year. Now, that's not exactly perfect math because the distribution isn't perfect, but 
that is pretty consistent. And so I think people to this day consistently underestimate how much activity there is. If you're talking about actual mortgage behavior, there are a thousand people, a hundred of them are going to move this year. And if you look at it over the scale of 10 to 11 years, a hundred of them refinance each year. Now, refinances are a little different because they they group together across maybe a two, two uh, periods during that 10 or 11 year window, maybe three periods. But at, at the end of the day, you're talking about just again, on average across that 10 to 11 year period, a thousand people is 200 transactions a year, about 18 transactions a month out of a thousand person list. And it, unless you really wrap your head around what that, the magnitude of that opportunity, you look at it and you say, yeah, well, you know, we send a, a drip email campaign. We do this marketing. Most of the people probably come back like they know about us. So we're probably doing a decent job. And, and um, I think most people, I mean, Black Knight put out the stat. Most people recapture about 18 to 19% of the activity out of their past customers. And so, you know, 81% go out and close their next loan with a competitor. So those to me are things, I, I don't know, those are things that you have to understand um, to see the value of a retention platform. If you're under the assumption that there's not that much activity happening or you're already doing a really good job at retention, um, you don't, you know, see the gap and and suddenly, you know, you just assume you've already checked that box with your CRM. So I think I think we're beating around the bush slightly for what I'm going to ask you next. And that is, it's a very tough time for the mortgage industry right now. Volumes are down, margins have shrunk. Why is borrower retention more important now than ever in this compressed market? I mean, there there is an idiom, right? Like this is it, it's cheaper, it's less expensive to get more business from an existing customer than it is to find a new customer. And the industry right now is spending too much per loan that they close. I mean, last year we lost money on every single transaction, just industry-wide. Those are kind of the, the metrics. So when you look at it, buying leads, doing like trying to find business, um, you know, everyone pushes, you know, find realtor partners, strengthen those relationships. But there is a small pie there that everyone's kind of fighting over at the moment. One of the big restrictions is inventory. So people are trying to step out of that. You know, they look at online leads or other options. And those, you know, when they're working well, have an average cost per acquisition of about $3,600. If you're running an online lead program and you have systems for dialing, um, to retain a customer, to like find a past customer and get them to come back to you through a borrower retention technology. I mean, we have clients who legitimately do that for $150 per funded loan. And so it's not as much a factor of cost. It's a factor of getting the systems in place and getting the buy-in with your teams um, because the cost is is really so minimal. It's about good intelligence and good data paired with existing relationships where people are responsive. And, and that's what really makes it a cost-effective solution. Um, and again, people aren't really tapping it. The average industry-wide is you know less than 20% retention. So there's a lot of untapped uh, potential there. That's certainly not a saturated market uh, from a retention perspective. You have any statistics or maybe qualitative stories about how exactly this technology can help benefit lenders? Um, I probably rely too much on statistics, so I'll try and stick with a story on this one. Um, so when we talk to our clients, one of the things that we try and convey to them and what we get back, I guess, is when I, when I speak to a client, what I get back from them are stories of things like, I got your email and it let me know that 
John had his credit pulled for a mortgage. John was, and then they tell a story about the person, right? A past customer that they helped do X, Y, and Z. My best friend that I worked with at this, this company that, you know, we haven't talked for a while. It's just, it's somebody that they have an existing relationship with and they got the alert and they were like, oh my gosh, they need a mortgage. And I, and so they picked up the phone and they called and the person was excited to see them. They, you know, hear from them. They were absolutely in need of their services and they were, you know, generally very willing to engage in a conversation um, because the mortgage process is not easy. And if you can work with someone that you know and trust, it's much easier. And so oftentimes that person is starting the loan process at a bank or a credit union. Um, they started the process online, whatever, you know, however they got pulled into it, they're like, you know, I spaced it that you did mortgage. I didn't know you were licensed in this state. I honestly just didn't even think to call you for whatever reason, but I'm glad you reached out. And so uh, I've sat at like a booth at a conference where we had hundreds of clients that we had walked through the booth and I asked them how the system was working. And they all, they were like, I got you, I get your email, I give it a call or I send a text or I do some follow-up and I pulled a loan last month out of it, or I got two deals this month. It's just about capturing that one or two deals. And they really, funny enough, view our system because we are a really complex software they basically view it as you're going to email me when someone needs a mortgage that I know and trust, and I'm going to reach out to them and they're going to respond. Um, it's a relatively simple process. And we actually have a little montage of these videos of testimonials of people basically telling that exact story of like, I get your email, I call the people or I follow up with the people. And then I got a loan last month, just at, you know, just like that. And it's, you know, most people have a database of five, 700 or a thousand people. And that really is, in today's market, about uh, if you had a thousand people, it's about nine people starting the loan process every month. So it's a lot of opportunity that you get a chance at. And people, you know, who get that in front of them are usually, you know, pulled in, they're able to pull in one or two conversations, people back into their pipeline that wouldn't be otherwise. So um, I don't know, that's that's not exactly the, the question you asked, but that's how people view the system when they're interacting with it. It's like, I get the alert and it's someone I know and trust. So um, I could go with statistics of like, we give you this many alerts, you call this many and this, but but really the story from the loan originator experience is like, hey, it's just more chances at capturing business that are already gone in a lot of cases. Like they're, they're slipped out of my fingers and headed out. And how many of those can I win back? I saw something on your website that talked about how this actually helps with compliance protection. And I wanted to ask you how compliance factors into all of this uh, and kind of some of the ways that that your company can help out there. Well, I mean, we've been in the industry since 2007. I'm going to knock on wood over here, but we have never had any sort of compliance finding against our services. Um, we've always approached everything that we do from the perspective of how do we deliver a product that executes compliantly, effectively, in a measured and consistent way. Because at the end of the day, if we can't keep you well within the lines of what is allowed, um, we're not being a responsible service provider. And so we have a lot of experience um, executing. We're doing everything through firm offers of credit through FCRA pre-screen, which is generally new. I mean, the truth is the industry FCRA pre-screen for, for the longest time was, was held back for the biggest lenders. The product pricing, the complexity of executing it. You just had big banks and, and, and big lenders who had access to the technology. And anyone that wasn't a top 10 you know, institution 
was rarely doing any sort of pre-screen. And so we've democratized that a bit. I mean, we can have just a single broker show up and, and subscribe to the system and it, it meets all the check marks to be able to execute pre-screen. Um, and th at the end of the day, it's about having somebody that's designed the system out the gate to be able to consistently execute on the basic requirements that are in place um, to keep you compliant and maintain records and give you access so that if a regulator does show up, which they consistently do, right, they're going to show up and say, hey, I need to see what marketing you're doing. I need to see any lender that's been into business for any amount of time has had that conversation. You're able to go, you know, they, the client reaches out to us, says, this is what they're asking for. We generate a report. We give all the documentation. And in almost every case, we never hear from the client again. Everything we send them perfectly check the boxes and and it solved that conversation. And, and the, you know, regulatory agency was they're appreciative when you're organized and that's what we're offering is an organized ability to do all of this you know just like out of the box you get that report you hand it over and they're like wow these people know what they're doing they have a system in place to manage it it's structured and they're quick to respond that i mean that's goes a long way uh in comparison to some of the experiences those regulators have so you hit on organization there at the end but i want to ask how one borrower retention platform differentiates itself from another? How do you feel like you stand out versus your competitors? The biggest element, I think, is like a credit trigger. We have like real-time credit triggers and some of our competitors don't. So we're a little bit faster on the credit trigger side. By the end of the day, like credit triggers are getting kind of a bad rap at the moment. We'll see if that, you know, if those proposed legislative events actually, you know, occur, result in anything. Truth is they proposed the exact same regulation in like 2007, at 2016, 2018, 2020, it's been quite repetitious. But from that perspective, there's a part of our product that it's like a credit trigger is a credit trigger. There's not a big differentiation. So you have to go into kind of the predictive realm where we're saying, hey, you know, these aren't people that have just had their credit pulled for a mortgage. These are the people that are likely to be in the market. So the thing that really distinguishes us from our competitors is we take a very AI driven approach and, um, and, a modeled approach. So rather than just like, I don't know, a, a vanilla life event type of thing, hey, this client is getting divorced, call them and see if they need a refinance. Uh, we take a very modeled approach to say, hey, this client is a likely first time home buyer because of this credit scenario, this behavior pattern, this debt utilization situation. So it, it's a pretty complex layering. And then we hold all of those models. And when we say this is a likely home buyer, we're assessing that across 16, maybe 19 million people at the moment. Um, and we have to say, hey, when we look at the population, anyone that hits this this particular home buyer model, they have to be, uh, first off, well, they're likely in the market, right? But the how likely is uh, they have to be 10% of the alerts that we deliver have to result in somebody starting the loan with someone else, a mortgage within 90 days. Um, so 10% is kind of the metric that we look to. And none of our even competitors even come close. They're giving you like a, hey, this is kind of a story. And in the past, it kind of made sense and it's worked. Um, we're consistently holding every one of our alerts to say, hey, when we give you this alert, 10% likelihood that person is gonna start the loan process with somebody in the next 90 days. And so our predictive algorithms are held to a, held to a standard um, and it's a very rigorous standard. So to us, it's about, finding the early shopping behaviors and making sure that when you get that alert, you have the confidence to do the follow-up. Otherwise, it's like, you know what? I got these. They don't really ever turn into anything and loan officers begin to ignore them, which 
I totally understand. That's not the experience I want if I'm a salesperson. So to us, it's making sure that we hold it to a quality and, and you can trust us in that modeling to make sure that we're not just, you know, sending you crap and, and then billing you for it. Well put. And what you were addressing there at the start are commonly referred to as trigger leads. And we had a big segment on that in the podcast last week. So William, I want to close by saying for those interested in uh, following up or best next steps, what's uh, contact info or what should they do? Yeah, I mean, you can always reach out to me, William at monitorbase.com. You can go to monitorbase.com, you know, get more information or, or request information we have. Um, you can go and schedule a meeting if, with one of the sales reps if you want a conversation. Um, and we actually have just articles and articles, all kinds of questions that you could have, find answers to there. At the end of the day, it's like, I know that a conversation like this is enough to maybe get the conversation started, and that's about it. Um, it's funny you bring up the credit triggers thing because it's a really big conversation and a lot of people have the negative feelings toward it. Um, and I feel like I'm a little bit of a bad guy because I'm like, hey, this is a solution to today's problems. Um, but we try and you know format it in a way that's like, these are your customers. They know you, they trust you, they've worked with you in the past. We're not just selling you a thousand credit triggers and you're cold calling a bunch of people that you've never heard from before. When I give, you know, when we give a credit trigger, it's somebody that you have a relationship with and it's generally a positive experience for the customer. And that to us is what's most important. Like the customer is happy to hear from you, then we're doing okay. If you're calling them and that they're upset and they're irritated, that's not a good experience for our customers or yours. And so it's kind of a, I understand that there's a, a, a lot of mud in that water, especially at the moment um, in the market we're in. But we've always tried to be on the uh, white hat side of that technology. Well, I was very happy to hear from you today. Hopefully our listeners were too. Thanks for making the time. I appreciate it, man. After a quiet calendar yesterday, today's picks up with Philly Fed non-manufacturing firm and region indexes for March, which will be followed by February home price indexes from FHFA and S&P Case-Shiller. April consumer confidence, March new home sales, Richmond Fed manufacturing and services indexes for April, and Dallas Fed Texas services. Treasury's month-end auctions will get underway in the afternoon with $42 billion of two-year notes. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A farmer drove to a neighbor's farmhouse and knocked at the door. A boy, about nine, opened the door. Is your dad or mom home? asked the farmer. No, they went to town. How about your brother Howard? Is he here? No, he went with mom and dad. The farmer stood there for a few minutes, shifting from one foot to the other, mumbling to himself when the young boy said, I know where all the tools are. If you want to borrow one, I can give Dad the message. Well, said the farmer uncomfortably, no, I really want to talk to your dad about your brother Howard getting my daughter Susie pregnant. The boy thought for a moment and then said, you'll have to talk to my dad about that. I know he charges $500 for the bull and $150 for the pigs, but I have no idea how much he charges for Howard. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, LoanCare. LoanCare has been successfully servicing mortgage loans through market change for 40 years. Its award-winning portfolio management tool, LoanCare Analytics, was built to support MSR investors with a focus on customer engagement, liquidity, and credit risk. It provides unprecedented visibility into risk and opportunity. Do you know what's in your portfolio? about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. 
to listen to or download past episodes of this podcast. Search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.